Welcome back, everybody. Let's take a break with Mr. Steven. Mr. Steven Seamus. Good to sure. see my friend Alex. Any any big trips planned or anything going on? No, I am I am homebound till October. October is going to be October. Yes, October, which is wow. not far away. Two months. Two months. Got it. Got it. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. You have what to, are we you talking have to meet about? Meet me today? at New York oh, for for a for a hot dog. I'm definitely hitting you up for tickets for sure. Oh, of course, of course. Here we I go. Bought a cover. Ticket I bought a cover. <laughs> I bought a cover from Merca and Dolfo. Oh, nice. So Merca's he's, great. He's bringing he's bringing it with him yeah. to the show. Yeah. Um, so he owes me a cover, and I just bought a beautiful Green Arrow cover from uh, Andy Park and uh, Phil Hester. Oh, nice. They're yeah. not going to be at the show. Oh, I why wish not? They would. Eh, just didn't didn't put in an application to come. I don't know. I'm surprised. Know. They're great. Peach, Peach Mocha is going to be back, so you can go get more Peach Mocha. Oh, stuff. she's awesome. She's awesome. The best in the biz for sure. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Okay, what do we got this week, Alex? We're going to talk uh, Batman New 52, but we're not going to talk about number one first printings because they're a dime a dozen. We're going to talk about the all the printings. There's five printings, newsstands, and sketch covers, so we're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about She-Venom. It's much, much bigger than you. Calm as a bitch. I don't believe in calm. Because we love we love a good Venom. Uh, we're going to talk about Arcade the Comics Review. Might be our first R. Crumb book. I'm not sure, but it may be. And then we're going to talk about another super independent title. It's the Chrono Trigger Player's Guide. It's interesting how some of these books, like kind of obscure books, are kind of like coming out of nowhere, right? And selling for big money. Yep. It's always kind of, yeah, it's very, very cool. All right. What are we starting with, Alex? Yeah. Let's talk about these Batman New 52 number ones. Okay. How many copies did they print of the original number one? Millions. Millions. I bet you I can find it before we even finish. So, Uh, what is going on? What is going on with these different iterations of the book? I think that's the thing. I think what you saw with, with the new 52 is, you know, especially number ones, it was big. It, they were ordered high. Like it, it's, it's a, it's not, a, it wasn't a book that was under order. Like everybody bid into it. Um, but that doesn't mean they ordered enough copies for, for everybody. This was like on the TV. It was, you know, it was, uh, your Superman's dead. Look at the new Superman. Like everybody ran with it. It was like a death of Superman all over again. Um, if the stores were smart and they had the money, they ordered heavy. If they didn't understand what was going on or didn't know, which was fine because nobody knew how big of a hit it was going to be or if it was going to be a flop, um, they underordered. So, you know, you're talking about Midtown Comics that probably had number ones on the shelf for three or four months where, you know, your your, your mom and pop in Ohio probably sold out the first week. And what are you going to do if there's no one left? You can you can I guess you can call Midtown and ask them for some copies. But what happens is people want more copies. So they, they, they order more. So you order your second print. And since. Your first print sold out and everybody in the store that didn't get a copy wants one, you order enough for, you order more second prints for them. So you get those in and you sell them out and you're like, hey, I need more copies, DC. And DC says, okay, we'll go to a third printing. And then it just 
it goes on until people stop ordering. You know, when you get to like a fifth print or sixth print, more than likely the order in for that is 10,000 pieces, 8,000 pieces. That's when they'll stop. No matter how many times people say something, when they're not printing double digits, they'll just stop printing books. Well, what also must have happened, Alex, is at the time that they were ordering second, third, and fourth prints, they must have still had some copies left on the shelf because the second, third, fourth, these are very hard printings to find. They're not yeah. easy to find these other printings. Well, and, and another thing with second printings is you order, so you order Batman one, you sell out. Well, by the time you're selling out, you're, you've already got your numbers in for number two. And then you have your number three. So now you can get number ones again. You can get second prints of number two. So you're ordering high. So now you have one, two, three. So now number four comes out. You're ordering enough to have it on the stack with one, two, three, and four. And like, it's just, it's a cycle. It's a cycle, especially both to keep selling. Like if people are like, I don't care what printing, I just want to read it. Well, when number five comes out, if you have one, two, three, four on the shelf, they're going to grab all five copies because they want to read it. Yeah. So this is pretty amazing when you start hearing these numbers. And, and I just started noticing these numbers. Okay. The Greg Capullo sketch covers one in 200. That was always a variant cover, but these yeah. are selling for a lot of money. November, mm -hmm. and because remember, Midtown ordered a million copies. They yep. they got these one in 200s. These, oh, yeah. These, even the one in 200s on this particular book are not like crazy rare. Okay. No, they're so, probably as printed as high as the lowest ordered DC book ever, right? Right. So, November of 2011, there's 175 9.8s. It's about a $550 book. Fine. Big. The newsstand version of this book is impossible to find. Yeah. They're 200 to 250 raw. Uh, CDC doesn't break out the census, um, but I can't imagine there's a lot on there. And I bet you if you had a 98, I bet you'd be well over $1,000. Yeah, uh, more than 200 to 250. Okay. Then the second print also came out in November. It's got a yellow uh, orange combo, mm -hmm. 74 9.8. It's $125.98. It's $35 raw. Obviously, it's the Scott Snyder story, Greg Capullo, Jonathan Glapion art with the Greg Capullo cover. Then the third print, you're correct, did not come out until April of 2012. So by April yeah. of 2012 already, when that book came out, I, there must have been some fatigue or maybe the dealers didn't order as many or whatever. Thirty, It's got a red logo, 36.9.8. It's a $500 plus plus book in 9.8. That's crazy. $100 raw. Okay. Fourth print came out in May of 2012. Blue logo, 43.9.8. $500 plus, plus, plus in 98, $125 raw. The fifth print came out in August of 2012. That's almost a almost, year later. Almost a year. Almost yeah, a year later. A whole year. White white with light blue, 89.8. There's actually two 9.9s. Could not even find any of those for sale, even though there's 80 of them. And if that's a $75 raw book. Now, because there's double the pop on the fifth print as a third in the fourth print, um, you know, maybe it's a three dollars $400 book in 9.8. But, it, it, but it, it's... Uh, I mean, I did not ever, yeah. I never thought I'd see a day when when those books were worth, were so, were worth so much money yeah. simply because they printed so many copies. But yeah. I guess people realize the later printings were very difficult to get. Yep. And by the time you get to a fifth printing, if the secondary market was already caught up, if third printings and fourth printings were already high, people were snagging the fifth printings to flip them, not just to read them. So that's why the pop's higher. That's why right. there's more out there in the world. So for sure, for sure. All right. What do we got next, Alex? She Venom. Right. She Venom. So she Venom. Right. It was announced that Michelle Williams is going to play what who we think is going to be She Venom in the next Venom film. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Williams, I think, won an Academy Award at some point, right? I think she won. Oh, did something. she? That's news to me. I don't I think so. I'm going to go look her up. Uh, <laughs> while I look her up, talk a little bit about She Venom. She Venom. She Venom's Anne Wang. Um, she is was the ex-wife of Eddie Brock 
before he got the venom powers um and she's kind of popped in and out um throughout the the marvel universe you know at one point she you know is was helping spider-man you know give eddie brock his backstory to help him understand and like defeat venom and she got hurt so eddie got gave her gave him gave her the venom symbiote and then she gave it back and then she she got like she got put in jail because they were trying to trap venom and then venom gave her the symbiote again she broke out of jail um you know one of the main things here is that she one of the times that she got the venom symbiote was when she was pregnant with dylan dylan brock who is uh a venom as well and uh that symbiote helped dylan become who he is now which is which is a venom so she's important in the comics not as big as a character as venom or dylan by far but she has been in the comics and she has been a venom so like you know we see her in all two of the movies so yeah of course she's going to come in and go hard yeah so so she's nominated five times mm, that's won. a lot it's a lot to be nominated for that's a lot of win. nominations supporting actress for brokeback mountain oh i did not know that uh leading role for blue valentine News uh, to me. leading role for my week with marilyn uh supporting yes. role for manchester by the sea i remember that yep 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 and the fableman's for a leading role brand new yeah that's a newer one yeah yeah so oh actually, and now she's yeah. we feel uh she venom <laughs> and now she's she venom. okay yeah all right so here we go amazing spider-man 375 march of 1993 2627 9.8 that's a lot uh, one 9.9 it's about a $100 book because of that it's got a holographic uh holographics cover of a good hollow story cover. yeah story ties in with venom lethal protector number one john jameson and chameleon backup stories david michelini story mark bagley and pat olaf art mark bagley and randy emberlin cover uh do you know what the print there's a printing error version with two 9.8s are you familiar with what the printing error is no i think i think these are one of those things it's a hollow foil so a lot of times those hollow oh, foils get, get messed up in, in the printing and of course they're just they're literally just pushed into each other so when you have a printing error it's um the foil's just off a little bit like it's not it's not covered it's just like it, it messed up the printing error happens does happen sometime and and Got weird it. sometimes cgc when they see they do manufacturing error, sometimes they get blue labels sometimes they don't sometimes they get green labels got it okay and then the other book to take a look at is venom sinner takes all number three october of 1995 427 9.8 that's 150 to 200 plus plus book uh sin eater and and weighing appearance uh jury backup story larry hama our friend and dan slot stories greg lusniak and john calame art greg lusniak and scott koblish cover all right before we have our two indie books what yes. is your pick of the week alex pick of the week i still got san diego hangover and i still okay. like talking about toys and I talked about Super 7 before, and I think last year I even mentioned like my purchase. And you can see it kind of in the background, the SpongeBob Patrick two-pack from last year. Hide behind <laughs> my, and it's a it's a heart and it's it's, it's cardboard and they funny. break apart. Um this year they were doing Ninja Turtles, and one of my this is probably my favorite toy. So they did this this action figure. So it looks like the old SpaghettiOs can that the Ninja Turtles SpaghettiOs You know can. what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, you know, the Chinese noodles, the crunchy noodles? Yeah, same they difference. Put yeah, yeah. Those, put those in those things. So it's, you open the lid and inside is an action figure and then ah, the background cool. is, is the, is the, cool. uh, is the stuff. Um, I like that. Super cool. I, I like a good packaging. Like the action figure, if this was 
this action figure was carded, I probably would have never bought it. I bought it because of the packaging. Uh, and yeah, Super Seven's sweet. really good about that. They've been doing some really good packaging. Um, that reaction line, they took it, they bought it from Funko eight years ago oh. and have just like taken it to the next level. It's really great. Got it. Um, cool. Wouldn't be surprised if Funko regrets that and buys Super Seven sometime in the future. That's funny. All right, cool, cool. All right, what do we got next, Alex? Arcade. I'm I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, what? Why is this book so expensive, even in a low mid grade? It's 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 an underground comic by probably the biggest underground comic people of all time, right? You have R. Crumb, huge Kim Ditch. You have Aline Kaminsky, who is who rest in peace was Aline Kaminsky Crumb. Um, Spain Rodriguez, Gilbert Shelton, S. Clay Wilson. This is a huge underground book. And underground comics, not independent, these are underground. These are sold in, in you know, head shops that sold bongs. These were sold, you know, at concerts by guys that had just a bunch of stack of them. These are not books that were put in a magazine rack in a comic book store. You had to, you had to know this is like specialty. Um, and these are and the covers by R. Crumb. Like this is this is like the 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 what is it, the 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 Mount Rushmore of independent comics people. Right, right, right. Um and this was like perfect timing, 75 and 76. It, it, it's just mm. it's just a big book in the underground movement, in the underground comics world. Um, it's just huge. It's just huge. Yeah. So wait till you start hearing these prices, Alex. So um, Arcade, the Comics Review, number one, uh, by Print Mint Publishing, spring of 1975. There's only 598, 496, 109.4, 49.2, and 2900. And a nine eight just recently sold for seven hundred dollars, um, on a book that like we don't even really know much about, right? And then uh, Robert Crumb, S. Clay Wilson, Bill Griffith, mm-hmm. Jay Kinner, Jay Lynch, and Art Spiegelman. Art, Spiegelman. Art yeah. yeah, Art Spiegelman. Yeah, uh, he was a big um, names, big name from Mouse. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, what are we closing with today? Another obscure one. <laughs> Another weirdo random book, Chrono Trigger Player's Guide. Right. Okay. What the heck is this, Alex? So, uh, Chrono Trigger is a video game. Uh, it was a video game for the Super Nintendo, and it was one of the biggest RPG video games. I mean, definitely of the time, RPGs were really starting to like come into to to practice in, in video games. Um, not mm-hmm. until later with discs that it get big that it got bigger. Uh, but it was it was popular, and everybody like all the names attached to this game were huge. Um. I believe one of the guys was the creator of Final Fantasy. Uh, one of the biggest guys for me, I'm not a big video game, but Akira Toriyama wrote it. And Akira Toriyama is a writer of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and all that stuff. That's the guy. So like this video game had, had like, again, we I said it before, it's your Mount Rushmore of like Japanese video game and, and manga people. And, and like these, all these guys that did it. Uh, Yuji Hiraji, Akira Toriyama, Nobu Yumatsaini, Kurenobi, Sagachi, they all are giants on their own. And this is what they this is one of their earlier things. Um saying that, the, the a player's guide, which is a guide you would buy to kind of like read while you're playing the video game if you get stuck or something, those things do not it, it is not something that is saved and kept. And once the once the Super Nintendo was like out and, and you had uh the 64 and the Dreamcast and the PlayStations, whatever, these things get thrown away. You can you can go to any you can go to any Salvation Army and you can go and you'll find PlayStation 2 player's guides on the rack somewhere in the book section. Always, always. So these aren't easy to find. The cover's by Akira Toriyama. It's beautiful. 
extremely hard to find. Got it. Got it. Okay. So here we go. Chrono Tiger trigger number one. Uh, uh, it's not a number. It's just Chrono Trigger is, one yeah. 9.4. There's two 9.2s. An 8.0 recently sold for $350. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, very, very difficult to find this book. Yeah. yeah. Very and they're difficult. not cheap. You're never going to find them just in the wild. No. 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 So. All right. Well, we thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments, please leave them in the field below. Otherwise, we will see you all next week. Same bad time. Same bad channel. Thank you.